Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. I'll take there. I think it was tied. I'll take a tie (laughs) over losing. I'm just glad we did on the first try. Are we actually recording this time? We are actually recording this time. Everybody's mics are working. That is fantastic. Welcome to football and other F words. I am your host today, Mr. Lebowski. I've decided to take over Keith's role because, well, Keith needs to sit there and actually talk for once. Yeah. How you doing, Keith? I'm good. I, I went to Disney on Ice. It was everything I thought it would be. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm really happy. That's called a callback. That's a callback. How many characters are on Disney on Ice? How many shows do they cram into that bastard? Uh, at least two. Congratulations. Did you go by yourself? Yeah. Of course. That's creepy. I so, don't have any friends. Uh, to my left, Zach, Zebo, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I, too, enjoy Disney on Ice. I was actually w- two rows above Keith by myself as well. We could have just gone this together. This is very strange. This is like people who elect to buy an ice cream truck and drive it around. You're you're in a career that involves being near children. That's very, very weird. And anyway, so joining us today. I don't think today, my career involves being near children. No, it doesn't, but you just went to Disney on Ice by yourself, and so did Keith. So our guest tonight. For adults. From WKRN, Emily Proud. I think she's already probably regretting I'm, I'm, this. I'm sure you're regretting this. <laughs> I just found out I'm in a garage in a house I've never been to with out. two grown men who went to Disney <laughs> online <laughs> by themselves. So yeah, a little bit. I thought we were in the trust tree. <laughs> there's a healthy yeah. distance in between us, a full table, and I got Huxley over here to protect me. So Well, I, I thought okay. I, I thought I could bring Huxley, but they apparently because he doesn't have the red it's vest for a support animal, they won't let him a, in. It's not a dog Did you go with the child argument? Like well, I mean, my he is my son. He is. Yeah. He's yeah. he a fur job. Huxley Lions. So anyways, it's a mouthful. Back to our guest. <laughs> we should have thought across that. From us. Yes. Emily, thank you for coming in. If you are not aware of what Emily does, Emily is a sports reporter. So what is your full title for what you do at WKRN? Uh, sports reporter slash anchor. I got one of those double title things Very nice. going for me. So, so how often do you actually anchor? Um, well, at least every Sunday. We have our 30-minute sports show, Sports Extra, nice. 1035. Tune in. It's really fun. It's it's all right. It's it's a good time. <laughs> it's the only time we get to talk more than, like, 90 seconds in a show. So I do appreciate our Sports Extra show on Sunday nights at 1035. I'm just going to plug that all day long. Go for it. That's, um, that's why we're here. <laughs> shameless then, plugging. It's shameless, yes. And then it just depends day to day. You know, if, if there's something going on where I need to be out in the field, I'll report. If it's something that I do earlier that day, I'll go back and I'll quote-unquote Anchor it, I guess. So obviously you so cover just about every day. You covered the whole gamut of sports in Nashville. Everything. But yes. really, <laughs> the only thing we want to talk about first is <laughs> Whiplash the Monkey. Yes. Please well, that's the highlight of my career. Please I mean, that's tell the best us the story about I've ever told. How did you get roped into interviewing a monkey on a dog? And I, I cannot wait to finish talking about this. And so were you right. even roped in, or did you volunteer? Oh, because I would have oh, volunteered. I volunteered. <laughs> no. And so uh, my boss Corey Curtis has. Um, created a, a just a great relationship with Rodeo Ruth. 
it's this woman named Ruth that works on the rodeo, the Franklin <laughs> Rodeo, and they I are butts. such a fan already. They're vi- they're oh, she's everything that you expect <laughs> and more. But they're very tight for some reason. So every year around this time, when the Franklin Rodeo comes to town, Rodeo Ruth reaches out to her BFF Corey Curtis and sets us up with talking to Whiplash the monkey. So most years it doesn't work out. It always kind of you know goes in with the Titans and. You know, unfortunately, for Whiplash's sake, if it's between a Titans OTA availability and a monkey riding a border collie, for some reason we choose Titans. <laughs> I don't know why. But this year, it worked out perfectly. The stars aligned, and I got to talk to a capuchin monkey. He is two feet tall. He's seven pounds, and he willingly, willingly rides a border collie that herds sheep. Everybody thinks he's strapped in, or he's glued <laughs> in, or chained glued, in, or like... In. He himself is, is whipped. Is, is, is glued he, in an actual Somebody comment? actually replied <laughs> to uh, Twitter, uh, to a tweet that I posted on Twitter, um, and they asked me if he was glued in. <laughs> He's like, I figured I it mean, out. They glued him on. I, no, I figured it out. He, he, is so, that was it. he is so willing to do this, guys. So his, basically his routine is they play this rodeo music, right? I don't know what rodeo music is, but that's what they I say they idea. play. <laughs> he gets so excited, he hops up on his, like, his owner's lap, and puts his arms straight out like he's ready to be dressed. He's ready to put on his jacket, his little so, cowboy hat. So it's hat, like his own his 80s chaps. montage. Yeah, he awesome. loves it. And he's been doing this for decades. He's 25 years old. What? Oh, he's my a, goodness. He's a grown-ass is it Now, is that human years? In hu- yeah, in, yeah, in normal years. Yes. Well, that's, that's a valid question. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, no, no. No, it is. It's a valid question. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I guess I never no. really, A, I didn't realize that. What kind of monkey? Capuchin monkey. I, I had no idea that monkey It's like Spike for Mason Churup. I yeah, I had no idea yeah. that monkeys got to this age. Yeah, much well, less twenty five. Th- if you think about it, it's kind of like in between, like a human and an animal. So he, sure. they live to like forty five, fifty ish, I guess. Oh wow! So um, it can rent a car. So not quite <laughs> to <Yeah>. like <laughs> human standards of you know yeah. sixty. Well, 70. he doesn't need a car. He's got a border collie. You yeah. rent a car. What okay, is fine. the border collie's name? Boogie. Dude, Boogie. whoever Boogie. was in charge of naming these animals nailed it. And naming <laughs> and naming Radio Ruth or Rodeo so Ruth. Rodeo, well, right. that was kind of a self-proclaimed. Uh, Twenty-five. Sort of Whiplash thing. has probably gone through what three border collies by now. Dude, what? Why? Why? I'm yeah. just throwing out the obvious. Whoa, well, Huxley think, is offended. Well, that's the thing is, I <laughs> think that's triggered. the most interesting part about it. You look past the monkey. I mean, monkeys. I feel like they're easier to train because they're more yeah. like human-like. You can get them to do kind of weird things, like right. dress up and be cool with it. <laughs> but the dog. So it has to be a specific type of border collie. They get them from Scotland, actually. Okay. <laughs> this is a lot of useless information. I have. This is very useful. This is this is the right podcast for all okay. this information. Okay, this is good. already the greatest segment we've <laughs> ever done. I'm so excited about this. That so will actually air. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because you, 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 you did press yes. record this time. Okay. So <laughs> we have the, a lot of lost episodes. The Scotland border collies are apparently bigger. So you think about it, you need more surface area. This is like a 70-pound border collie. You need more surface area to put the monkey on sure. his back. Uh, yep. And the saddle. But they're not and always the glue. Yes, but they're not yeah. always willing to have a monkey on their back ride around. Um, but it's innate in a border collie to chase sheep and, and to herd sheep. So that that's okay. They, they check the boxes on that. But when they go over to Scotland to pick out the primo border collie <laughs> that's willing to put whiplash <laughs> on his back, they go and they, they bring, like, the saddle. So they test out the saddle. And once they learn, okay, I'm, I'm all right with the saddle, then they actually have, like, a whiplash replica that is um, Minnie Mouse that is stuffed to be seven pounds, just like whiplash. They oh put that on their back. They try it out. And then they're like, all right, this is this is the Border Collie. They bring it back to the States. This and then well, we're This is the Border go. Collie Combine. Well, what? Yeah. Why? It's serious. Whiplash is, 
been doing this for decades. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get to go pick out his own border collie. And doesn't get to fly first class. No. Bigger than all that. that. No, but they they have actually had to people. send some he has back. People for yeah, that. he has people for that. <laughs> yeah, but they've actually had to send some of the border collies back because <laughs> oh, they, after all the testing and and making sure they're good to go, they bring them back to the states, and then you put a a real animal, a live <laughs> animal on their back. They're like, no, I'm not cool with this. Are you kidding me? So yeah. They're fine with Minnie Mouse on their back, but not an actual real life animal. So what's the return process like? Because, I mean, I feel like once you buy a dog from, especially overseas, like you're kind of stuck with that dog. You can actually return the border collie or exchange? So they don't don't get them when they're puppies. So it's not one of those deals where you like rescue them and then say, nope, never mind, and go (laughs) send them back to the puppy mill. It's like they herd sheep, so there's a use for them. So in Scotland, they actually use them to herd sheep. So if they're not cool with having whiplash on their back they can still be used for herding gotcha. sheep which does does whiplash smoke a lot of cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know he's he kind of seemed like he did <laughs> that's what i thought he was really that like was the, the impression and, yeah. i got whiplash but seems I don't think so. very divish especially if yeah. the border collie shows up just just chain smoking <laughs> <laughs> this isn't gonna work out <laughs> he is though and he's he's kind of like a terror too they said sometimes like it'll look like he's tipping off the the border collie, but what he's actually doing is he's reaching down to scoop up dirt and throw it at the sheep because he thinks it's funny. <laughs> but just to mess I with think him. it's hilarious. <laughs> this, is, this is everything. Like I, I don't, to I don't know why he does that, but I, I think the greatest part of this story is he's not just like a monkey in a zoo. They don't keep him at, you know, in a in a zoo in captivity in cages or anything. He lives at home with his trainer. So they just they said they built this big ranch and they put all these exposed beams because you know. HGTV, that's like the new thing to have exposed beams. And the monkey just like plays in him. That's awesome. He has his own room. He watches TV, but they make sure not to turn it to Animal Planet because it like really upsets him when he sees other animals. Oh, wow. He gets into stuff. <laughs> Last Thanksgiving, he got into some whipped cream. He sprayed it in his mouth and got it all over the place. There's a cat. <laughs> he uses the litter box with the cat. He's. Oh, my goodness. I am like actually very surprised by that monkey. because it seems like to me like. Someone of his caliber would be like, no, nah, I'm not using the same litter box as a cat. That's true. Yeah. He's too good for that. I figured there'd be like a, a lot longer. Yeah, I figured there'd be a star above no. his with his name on it. No. But I feel like, you know, a, a lot of people think that the rodeo is just this terrible, inhumane thing. And it's I, I learned a lot about rodeo. <laughs> not necessarily I wanted to, but I thought that was the most interesting part is like they just kind of go home and they're like a normal house pet. It, they're not like abused or anything so, does, so PETA does Whiplash can, can travel chill. the country and do several yeah how many shows yeah. a year a month I have no idea all I know is um, apparently his biggest fan is Terry Bradshaw Terry Bradshaw <laughs> that, that totally loves tracks Whiplash that, that totally does. tracks and the, and the trainer made sure to let me know like name drop like yeah Whiplash he's he's in with like so Terry Bradshaw you know Terry you know T-Pain <laughs> <laughs> he's a big fan of Whiplash yeah it's, it's give me another board call <laughs> So I guarantee whoever decided to ask you if they glue the monkey to the saddle was definitely sitting around with their friends going, I'm telling you, hear me out, it's mm-hmm. gorilla glue. <laughs> <laughs> that seems, that seems just, racist. Or speciesist? It's, yeah, yeah. No, that's Specious. not even correct. I don't uh, know. <laughs> is, is the glue thing the weirdest thing you've heard since posting on Twitter about Whiplash to Monkey? Yeah, probably. I thought that yeah, was that's, that's that's kind of a, pretty weird. a strange, strange thing. I think I kind of like just dropped that on Twitter and everyone was like, 
what is she doing today? <laughs> like, because that's kind of half the job with local news is doing really, really dumb stuff. So I, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds really awesome. That's also low key. Yeah, that's also low key. Did you get to hold the, hold whiplash? No, no. Oh my God. <sighs> what? He like held on for dear life, like his trainer's hand, like half the time. Oh, yeah. Because he really? was terrified of me. Mm. I don't know why. So he's very camera like shy. That intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. But so he's been they, in front of the camera a lot. <clears throat> did they actually bring whiplash and put him down that he gets on the dog himself? Mm hmm. That's really good. He that's could that's he could hop off at any moment, but he he wants that's to do awesome. it. I don't know why. I just, <laughs> love the, I just love the image of Whiplash grabbing rolls of dirt to throw at the sheep. <laughs> he he's loves just to a little, He's a little ass. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Apparently, they, they took him to um, a NASCAR race sometime, and he <coughs> was, like, roaming around the infield and was doing the same thing where he was scooping up grass and throwing it at people. <laughs> he's just <laughs> such a little bitch. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, but that's what he does, and his trainer was telling me, you know, I always wear this, like, nice, clean white shirt, and he jumped all over me, and I had all these, like, green <laughs> monkey print hands, because, you know, sometimes if it race is in the middle of winter, and it doesn't, and the grasses look nice, they'll spray it with that stuff, so this guy's got, like, little monkey handprints all over his body. Yeah, Whiplash is the, kind of the worst, now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. Do you, do you think he gave final approval for the interview? Like, he, they showed you, they showed your picture, and then he was like... That's okay. Yeah, she'll do. Yeah. Well, I don't mm -hmm. think any of the other stations talked to him. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably That's this big lost. vetting process. <laughs> who Whiplash feels comfortable with, who he trusts right. to tell his secrets and that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. I was a little upset when I showed up and he wouldn't actually do the interview. I just had to talk to his handler. But well. Did you try Sorry. putting the microphone in front of his face to talk? No, Did you sure. even ask him a he question? He made some really weird noises, though. <laughs> like he like chirped and like giggled, kind of. He sounded like a little child. Like, <laughs> I don't like that. Oh, no, no, it was, it was no. weird. Could you imagine that in the house at night? <laughs> oh yeah, no! Apparently, it's oh, a good no. thing, though. Yeah. Apparently Just it's think positive. about that. Exposed beams, <laughs> very HDTV. This thing mm -hmm. is scampering through the ceiling and giggling. Yeah, that's <laughs> not okay. I'm telling you, the more I'm talking this out, I'm kind of like Whiplash doesn't. It's doesn't like come across <laughs> as good as he no. did on Twitter. Like, that's very... <laughs> He's no. terrifying. I don't, I don't know that I like that. Uh, Huxley has a <laughs> squirrel that my mom bought, and when he, you bite it in a certain spot, it actually is the sound of children giggling coming from oh, it. It is the creepiest why? squirrel. Why would you put that in a stuffed animal? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's point. just so weird. Someone at that... Like dog toy company needs to answer some questions. Yeah. Very much the needs to answer. Where they get those Very clips much on a watch list. Yeah. Oh my god, it w it was creepy. So I can only imagine a monkey that just walks around giggling. Yeah. Well, he didn't do much walking. He would not get off that damn dog. He just he just <laughs> sat on it. Was he just sitting there with his uh, hand on his hip, just you know, just no? Like he's John holding Wayne. on to the saddle. Like that's <laughs> the funniest part because he has these like little human hands and right. he's just like. Holding on for dear life on this saddle because he doesn't want to fall off the border collie. Because again, he's not strapped in. He is very willingly riding. That's what thing. I loved. Is one one part of your uh, interview video, the border collie's laying on the ground. He's sitting on the saddle, mm -hmm. and at some point in the middle of the interview, he just pulls on the saddle. The dog gets up <laughs> and starts yeah. doing its thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> this is, this he's is riding it. It's real. He's riding it. They they don't make him do any of this. And one of the uh, one of the sound bites that I chose was the guy telling me the difference between um, training a horse and training a monkey. And he said that it's just so different as far as you have to get the monkey to think that that's what he wants to do. Like with dogs, they're trying to please you, right? So mm -hmm. you say, you know, yeah. this is what you do. You get a treat. And they're like, oh, wait, I'm making my owner happy. But monkeys have their own 
thoughts and feelings and they reason things. <laughs> so he said that I have to convince the monkey that that's what he wants to do, not <laughs> not what I want to do. So it's a whole other, and then he compared it to how he trains his wife, and I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. oh. let's move on. <laughs> so, who's, his, who's his biggest nemesis on the rodeo circuit? I mean, I'm sure he has a nemesis. Do you, did a you nemesis? ask that question? Apparently no, I didn't. I should have talked to you guys before I talked <laughs> to Whiplash. I mean, we, we, are, we have we a are lot of monkey <laughs> questions. Yeah, we have a lot of monkey questions. Oh. I feel like, based on the evidence that I've heard, that he's probably got something against sheep because he's throwing <laughs> gravel at sheep. <laughs> so. A sheep, he, a sheep murdered his... He throws it and then he giggles. His, his really wife left it. him for a sheep on that <laughs> rodeo circuit. That's it. That's it. That's why he's running around the house giggling. Yeah. Well, this is horrifying. Sounds legit. This is... So... I apologize that we've taken your whiplash segment and now given you this existential crisis that this monkey is like actually creepier <laughs> know, than it really is. He was a little creepy though. His legs were like over half of his body, which I thought was kind of weird. They're like so really long. Yeah, I'm kind of. He's, he's all legs. If you guys he's basically. But do your legs. feet look like your hands? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> we've asked him to keep his shoes on during the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then. <laughs> I'm writing a letter down there right now. So. So I don't I don't know how I'm supposed to transition out of Whiplash the Monkey into talking <laughs> about Rookie Minicamp because oh Rookie Minicamp doesn't sound anywhere near as entertaining as this. Not even close. So I, may, I may have to circle back around to the monkey. So actually, Zach brought up a good point when I was talking about um, questions that we should ask you tonight. I was going to go through a few things with Rookie Minicamp, but just be honest with us. How boring is it? It's very boring. I mean, it, it's, that's it's what a, it it's seems to be the consensus. when you see some guys that you – watched play in college yeah. obviously it was fun to see like Brent Stock still out there and there were a couple of balls there and a couple of Vanderbilt players and so that was kind of cool but ultimately like you, if you're going there to scout them out and figure out what they're going to look like in pads you're sorely mistaken and, and you're not going to see much <coughs> that's kind of the my complaint with how people get upset with the coverage of it and this is on both sides fans get upset with the coverage of rookie minicamp because they want more information but what real information are you going to get out of this? And I mean actual, real, like, even if it's data-driven information, are you going to get out of essentially what, a 20- or 30-minute practice, a few small, no-touch individual drills, and then some interviews? I mean, yeah. there's not that much information to glean. Most of what you get is from the actual interviews, but right. they've been in the building for, like, a few days that now, so they've been coached, and, you know, we tried to ask some guys about their health status, and they're like, I'm just working to get better every single day I'm like okay well that's <laughs> clearly you've been talking to the media coach because yeah, they're just not giving us much super usable and they're also green they haven't done that many interviews so but that's what I take away most from it is just kind of who the guys are as people how they answer questions how they look a lot of them are like super smiley or some of them are like really down in the dumps and very serious and so that's when you kind of get the most out of it because there's really not much you can get from the on the field part is that I, I guess this might be kind of a strange question, but <coughs> you take essentially a young adult. They've been in the same environment through high school and then college. And then all of a sudden, literally, they're drafted, uprooted, and flown to a new city where they have to sign a contract. And then all of a sudden, they've got to get a house or a place to live and all that. Is it separation anxiety? Is it almost like culture shock to where it's... When see, you're interviewing him, you kind of see it? That's what I thought. So it was actually funny. The first guy that we talked to was Nate Davis, and he came up, and he was all smiley and excited, and I'm so blessed to be here, and I'm so excited to be in a Titans jersey, and I'm just proud to be a pro. Like, that was his big thing, is he was just so happy to be there. And I literally said, I was like, dude, you seem really, like, chill and cool as a cucumber. Haven't the last few weeks been an absolute whirlwind for you? And he was like, no, I mean, this is what I was supposed to do. This is what I meant to do. So for them, 
It's like football camp, but better because you get paid. Yeah. So it's like going to a football camp when you're younger and this is everything that you've been working for your entire life and you're finally here and you're wearing the Titans jersey and it seems real. Um, and I feel like you kind of have a little bit of swagger walking around too with all like the tryout players because they're all like freaking out and just trying to make a roster and you're like, I got this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm already here. So, right. so it's, it's weird. Do you ever get on their like Wikipedia pages and like ask them unique questions and stuff like that? Not really, because it's kind of our first time to talk to them. So, um, but everything is so different from my perspective in TV to like beat writers. So I'm trying to get like the one soundbite that I can use that yeah. our second grade reading level viewers will understand and will <laughs> be interested in. So, you know, Nate Davis, <laughs> a great example of that. Yeah. No, I'm, it's no, that's yeah, I'm yeah. Just, it's <laughs> I'm literally because I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the average <laughs> no, viewer that's watching an interview with yeah. Whiplash going, they glue that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dog. I'm it's telling you, they do. Those are the people that <laughs> so we're trying to. Maureen, <laughs> they glue it. Yes. <laughs> they put that so glue no, on. I, I no, sympathize no, with fine. what you're saying well, because no, I mean, you want to get a good sound bite, but yes. you kind of you, you have to have a broad spectrum <laughs> yes. because you've got a majority of viewers. Exactly, and you have to find something that will work for your quick storyline. So as opposed to you know doing a full profile on, we'll go back to Nate Davis. His big thing that he talked about for most of his press conference and what I thought was the most interesting is how he's trying to transition out of the college game into the pro game as far as his stance. So he says he gets too low, which means he comes up too high, and then he's not hitting them at the right angle. So he said that's what he needs to work on the most. So I was like, oh, this is really great. The guy's very self-aware. He's willing to critique himself. But our viewers aren't going to know what he's talking about. Right, so I chose right. a soundbite that said, I'm just really proud to be a pro. Mm -hmm. Because that's ultimately what this is. And I think probably the best stuff that we got from it was also them talking about coming into the Titans facility and not automatically like trying to fight for a starting job. They're yeah. just coming in. They're a rookie. They're not worried about getting that starting job yet. They're just learning how to be a pro. So just more of that sort of thing, um, just to get the viewers a sense of what goes on there, what the point of this camp is, as opposed to just why doesn't everybody just go ahead and put on their jersey and go out and play with the rest of their team? Um, because these guys need a transition period. It's absolutely terrifying to walk in with a bunch of vets. Especially, I know it's not the 80s anymore where they like tie them to the, the poles the field or goal post, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Field goal post or anything. <laughs> but it's still, it's still pretty, uh, pretty intimate. Yeah, I mean, it's daunting going from playing with a bunch of guys your age to playing with a guy you were watching on TV yeah. for the last eight years. Yeah, well, who was it? Quinn and Williams, I think. Didn't he say when he went up with the Jets, he was like, I'm starstruck. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, he, and, and he had like, the braces on, though. and that was like even like ten times better just because he had braces. So yeah. yeah, I really wish we could have got him. Uh, do you find it hard to struggle with, like personally struggle with, putting out the content of the Nate Davis, I'm just happy to be here, versus the fr the frog stance, the low stance, and all that. I mean, don't you do you wish that you could just put that out there and viewers would understand what he's talking about? Yeah, and and that's kind of the difficulty with managing it is because a lot of times we use the phrase like you know let's use this generic soundbite or this is generic or and it's not necessarily you know I have to kind of break out of the mold for saying that this is I don't want to say dumbed down but is easily understandable um, because you know. Probably, like, the best advice that I got uh, was from Corey Curtis, again, my boss, just talking about him, trying to get a raise now. <laughs> um, no, but he, he said that, you know, we don't need to dumb down things to make the viewers dumber. Let's try to make them smarter. So the, the best journalists are the ones that are able to teach and make it understandable. So I could do something like that, and that's something we'd probably do on our 30-minute Sunday night sportscast because we have a little bit more time to talk about more sports-related things. But... 
when we're like the 90 seconds interjected with all the death and destruction and the murder and everything that's going on in local news and the weather and the traffic, of course, we are on the very bottom of the totem pole. So it's hard to really get in to something like that. But that's why this like longer form stuff is way more fun for me is because I actually get to speak for more than 30 seconds. No, and I like (laughs) it because I, I feel like that as a local news sports reporter, you you have to work so much harder than I even think beat writers or when you start to get into intermediate national level coverage, because like you said, you're at the end of the barrel. If you've kept the viewer's attention all the way through the homicides, the weather, the traffic, and then, Oh, here's sports. They could have gotten any number of, you know, sports information from all different kinds of media. So if they get to the point where they're watching your broadcast and you're keeping them entertained, it's impressive. Yeah, and I always try to think of, you know, sports' role in local news is, is different than, you know, a beat writer like a Jim Wyatt or something that's obviously people are going to the Titans' website to read his stuff and to read about the Titans. Right. People aren't necessarily coming to local news for sports. They're coming for weather, traffic, breaking news, and then, again, us at the very bottom. So you have to keep them interested. Uh, but I also consider us kind of a break between all of that, too. So I always try to keep it kind of lighthearted and, and fun as, as much as possible because – a lot of times uh, local news is not fun at yeah. all. Sure. <laughs> so if I can just come in and be like, hey, guys, let's take a break from all those deaths and let's talk <laughs> Titans. Uh, so that's why I try to do as much as possible. Well, yeah. if, you ne- if you need some inside information, Jayon Brown loves puzzles, really? literal yes. jigsaw puzzles, and he puts them together and spins them and lets them sit on his coffee table for like weeks, depending upon how, how difficult, difficult it was. It was. I love that guy. So, so great. if you need like a two minute special, go to his house and let's put together a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You know, <laughs> to me, my mom would be like, I really love that Jan Brown kid. And I'm like, how do you know about Jan Brown? And she'd be like, well, I saw him put some puzzles together on yep. the news. And I just really <laughs> like him. Yep. That's a lot of our viewership, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you Over go. the age of 60. <laughs> do we need to take a break? Uh, yeah. Actually, we do. All right. So, we'll you take a quick break. Take a break. All right, that was a heck of a break. Our advertisers are <laughs> crazy as usual. I literally don't know what our ads are, but anyway, so... <laughs> have, have you not listened... Did you listen to last week's after I mentioned that... No. The, there is a, literally... They, it's the same, the same guy that he does one called... Uh, what is it called? Like, Stupid Stuff You Shouldn't Do or whatever. Yeah. They like advertise that. that podcast, but he also does the podcast with the people who unfunnily try to put together the Voltron joke, and they... It doesn't oh, really the college hit. football one? Yeah, the college yes. football one. They're yeah. very loud, too. Like, I'll yeah. be listening to it in the gym or something. I'll be mm-hmm. listening to you guys, and all of a sudden, like, they come on, and I'm yeah. like, whoa, hey, Jesus, yeah. that's loud. So, so one of them is literally a guy driving up a hill on Coke, riding a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And that's what this – And but he also does this Voltron thing. I don't know. You think they glue him to that bicycle? They probably glue him to the bicycle. <laughs> hey, man, do some blow. Yeah. We're going to put this Gorilla Glue on you. Just, just do your thing, man. <laughs> So you tweeted out about Simmons. Um, I hate that our last impression of the guy was that uh, that it was an emotional press conference. If the organization wants to turn the page, it's hard to do that until we have the next interaction after seeing him in tears. Mm-hmm. Go a little further on that. What, what I, I know what you mean, but I kind of want to yeah. hear it from you, you know, in front of us. Well, ultimately, um, through all the draft process, my job was kind of to be back at the Titans facility and actually cover it from the Titans draft perspective. So I wasn't down on Broadway and all the mayhem. I saw that leading up to it. Um, but what kind of got lost in the shuffle is, you know, when, when Jeffrey Simmons first came in, it was it was the 
the weirdest thing being in the media room in the Titans facility because everybody was all excited. We were like, here comes 19. Let's go, Titans, Titans, Titans. And then I don't know if you, any of you guys watched like the ESPN broadcast, but as soon yes. as Jeffrey Simmons was picked, it was automatically into this pre-produced thing about the, the incident, incident yeah. that happened back before he was even in college. And so, of course, that's what most of the press conference was. So that was kind of a downer um, the night of. And then the next day he came, and it was – it was a downer, but it became more of like a positive thing because he was there and he was obviously so emotional when he got to hear his new ownership talk about him and especially coming from a woman, that meant way more to him. And so it, was, it wasn't a negative thing by any means. It was a very enlightening day and I think that everybody you know, enjoyed their time and really got to know him um, more as a person and less of the player. And so what I was saying in that tweet is that that's kind of our last impression of him. And if we want to turn the page and start looking at him as a player, we need to see him outside of that just initial shock of who is this guy? He's got a lot of red flags. Let's learn a, a little bit more about him. But after, so I actually got to sit down with him and do a one-on-one -on -one after the press conference. So, and I, for the record, felt insanely comfortable. <laughs> he did not make me feel uncomfortable at all. He was very upfront about everything. He was very honest. He was very nice. Everybody that has talked about him um, along the way has said nothing but incredible things. So I feel like we can check on Jeffrey Simmons, the person. Done. Over with. But that was our last impression of him. And so I just, you know, I don't want to bitch about how the Titans run their organization. And, you know, they do everything as, as closed off as possible because they don't want us to get as, as much information as we probably would like to. You know, if we could have it our way, we'd hang out there all day long. Uh, but ultimately, I want to... <coughs> move on to Jeffrey Simmons, the player, because apparently he's pretty good. So <laughs> that's, you know, obviously I don't, I don't expect you to speak for other reporters, but Paul mm -hmm. Kaharski's big argument lately has been his frustration with not making players available. Same like, time, same time, same argument he made at the same time last year and the year before that. And, and, and it is, and you can, you can debate whether or not that's part of the job or whatever, but from your perspective, is it frustrating because it's part of the job or is it frustrating because you don't feel like it should be that difficult and they should be more available? Well, I have an interesting perspective because before I came here in October, I'd just been covering college football. So you want to talk about <laughs> keeping everything <laughs> under the rug. Um, we can't be in the locker room. We can only talk to the players that they bring out for us. Uh, we can only talk to the head coach. Usually, occasionally they would make coordinators available, um, but that was very rare. And, you know, I've, unfortunately had to work under the Butch Jones regime, which he was so, so private about everything that we did. Um, and then Jeremy Pruitt came in and it opened what? No, he was, <laughs> he was a Nick Saban <laughs> disciple too. So yeah. um, I remember asking a player if how much weight he had gained. And he said, ask my head coach. So that's just how ridiculous it is in the college game. Oh so I come God. in here and we wow. get to actually go into the locker room and we actually get to hang out with them for like 45 minutes and, and actually get to know them as people. So for me, this seems like way more coverage than I'm used to. But in general, yeah, it's it's difficult, but that's that's the job, and I think that's try to that's how they try to like streamline all of it, so nobody gets any sort of advantage over anybody else, yeah. which sounds like a dictatorship, but that's how a lot of media is moving towards now is becoming you know teams becoming their own media entities. I mean, that's why they took Jim Wyatt from the Tennessean is because they have their own podcast, they sure. have their own show, they have their own studio, they have their own website that's written by the what I think is the best Titans writer in in Nashville. So, um, but that's just kind of you know how it is, I guess. The um, I want to go back to Jeff Simmons uh, yeah. about you know 
So can you go on the record with saying that Whiplash the Monkey made you more uncomfortable (laughs) than Jeffrey Simmons? Yes, 110%. You heard it here first. I asked the (laughs) hard-hitting questions. Here's the the thing. Anything about Simmons aside in his past life, I think he would probably sell anybody over over Whiplash the Monkey because he's not giggling creepily (laughs) during the interview, right? he didn't giggle. Well, well, then maybe you weren't that funny. I mean, maybe you... See, what are you going to do that? You know, she's still here. It really hurts. Yes, right? Uh, Just (laughs) reprimand him. We we do it to him constantly through the podcast. Uh, Where's the spray bottle? Where's the spray bottle? Other question: um, Do how the Darren Bates music thing? You're you're in TV production. Mm-hmm. It do do you find creative ways to have to work around it, or do you just do your thing and then you just hope post production they're like, okay, we can edit that out. Oh, that's cute. I'm post production, yeah. so <laughs> it's up to me to edit <laughs> yeah. it out. If I oh, oh, um, oh, and no, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a makeup lady and everything. Yeah, yeah. no, none of that. Um, no, so if, if it is a scenario of editing around it or moving around it, um, we just don't air it. I mean, gotcha. there, it's happened sometimes where, and trust me, it's not good sound bites we're getting from Darren Bates. Nobody talks to the guy. That's what makes it so frustrating is we're like, I don't want to say you're a nobody, but you're also not somebody that we're like really trying to go straight to and, and get the hard hitting information about, you know, whatever you did on special teams that day. Like, that's not really – we're not talking to you, so that's what's most frustrating. And I think that's why Paul gets so angry is because we're trying to talk to the guys next to him, and he's just jamming. And, we and like, honestly, we can't use any of it. Sure. Anything that's near him when he's playing the music, we can't can't use any any of it. As as a fan, I was like, oh, it can't be that bad. When when the whole PK versus Darren Bates thing started. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, it's fun to watch. Yeah. (laughs) It was something probably around week 12, week 13 – in last season, and it was a very important. Uh, oh, it was right after Derrick Henry and the Jacksonville game, uh, yeah. and I was like, I really he wanted to hear. Right yeah, he he was all right, <laughs> and I really wanted to hear from Derrick Henry. Yeah, I wanted right to hear about it, room. and oh, and it was so loud. And I go, this not only ruined the moment for me as a fan, but it mm-hmm. has to ruin the moment for Derrick Henry too, because I mean, you can't hear him kind of, like, enjoy the moment. I mean, well, that's I, I that get... Well, that was one of the yeah. few weeks that he actually showed personality. Right. I mean, it's like talking to a rock when you're trying to talk to... Da- we we usually stay away from him. You know, there's the kind of guys that we go up to every week that we know they're going to give us good sound bites, like the Logan Ryan and the Kevin Byard. <laughs> Obviously, Mariota, but they have him off to the side for us. And actually, no, we don't get great sound bites from Mariota, but <laughs> he's a quarterback, so you have to talk to him. But right, right. Um, but yeah, no, we don't usually go out of our way to talk to Derrick Henry, but you kind of had to sure. that game. Um, and he was more fired up and passionate than I think he's ever been. And so, yeah, that's kind of the unfortunate part about it. But what I don't get is why is, why is Paul as upset as he is when a lot of it is like written? Is he talking about the stuff that he puts on the radio? Because for us, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. Yeah, right. Paul, Paul has been doing, I'm sure he'll speak more to it if we yeah. allow him to come on next week, but <laughs> He's trying to do video and audio and writing gotcha. for his website. So I, I can yeah. I actually sympathize a little bit with Oh, him. I a hundred percent do. And and I think it's also that he's been in the shoes probably for um, the majority of the people. I mm-hmm. I I think he's probably taken upon himself to be the de facto voice of the Titans media room, probably. Mm-hmm. So I think when he says something like that, he's trying to get it out there and use his presence and his followers to 
hopefully get on his side to get things changed. I, that's sure. what I think. And I, he's the angriest member of the yeah, Titans. He is he's definitely the angriest. Sure. He but doesn't project that. Yeah. No, but I, I, com- <laughs> <laughs> I completely... I about to say what? I completely understand where he's coming from. And again, if it was self-sabotage, if it was Darren Bates while we were trying to talk to him, sure. and he's the one playing the music, and it ruins all of his sound bites, that's on him. But when it affects all the guys around him and the guys yeah. we're trying to talk to that are locker mates with him, that's what's frustrating, and I, I completely get where he's coming from. So I want to I want to shift a little bit because you tweeted something out that really made me smile. You're just reading it, through my tweets. I did. I was reading your tweets. I was trying to do a little bit of research. Investigative journalism. A little bit of investigative journalism. Yes. I, um, you tweeted something out that reminded me of my grandmother. Um, your 84 year old <laughs> grandmother was taking notes during the draft to what? Ask you questions or just keep up with what you were doing? To keep up with it. I, I didn't even that. know. So that video is from my sister because my grandma lives in Knoxville yeah. and my sister is still in Knoxville, and so she sent me this and she was like. Look at this video. Grammy's been taking notes while watching your <laughs> watching adorable. your hits. And here's the thing is with local news, it's local. So for her to watch that, she has to know what time I'm on. She has to do the math in her head to figure out, okay, that's central time, so I have to subtract an hour. And then she has to stream it. And for an 84-year-old to know how to stream, too, uh, is yeah. so impressive. But she doesn't. She doesn't know how to stream. So she invites my sister over to help her out to set it up. <laughs> I mean, it's it's... <laughs> it's a process, but Grammy is like she's the greatest person ever. Is that I mean is that indicative of yes type of grandmother yes. she was? <laughs> oh well, I, here I went to um, a doctor's appointment one time, and she came with me because like nobody else was there. And the doctor said, "Oh, is this your grandma?" And she goes, "No, I'm her best friend." <laughs> That's oh. just what she does. That just melted That's my great. heart. She's the sweetest. <laughs> yeah. But she is sassy as hell. Jewish woman that is just gonna <laughs> rip you to shreds if you try to mess with her. But she is, she, is she gonna listen to this sweetest. podcast? No, she's not. Oh. That that would be very <laughs> interesting if she's able to pull up a podcast. Honey, I took notes She'll on tell the her about, football yeah. and other f words. Like, oh, yeah, that no. name. No, um, you were great, but the other three were just terrible. <laughs> I was uh, it's, I was into uh, video games as a kid, and my grandmother used to keep a subscription to Nintendo Power so that she could know what video games were oh hot, so that she could get us and my cousins. It, I really, yeah. that's what this reminded me of. I was like, yeah, that's a Nana move. She's the sweetest, <laughs> sweetest lady. I what, love old people. Has too, she ever critiqued you? No. No? No, and she rarely talks about what I'm talking about. It's mainly just, oh, that shirt was so cute, sweetie. <laughs> you look so beautiful, or, you know, perfect grandma stuff, the stuff that you want to hear. So, so that's the note she's taken? Yeah, Like, no. a, like <laughs> scarf looks really well. Looks good, yeah. Shoes, kind of a travesty. Like she, she would try to hang. Like, she'd be like, oh, yeah, the game's on tonight, or, you know, it's, uh, you know, with Tennessee and stuff, it was, it's more just like negative. Like when I was covering the balls, it was just, wow, they lost again. That's like seven in a row, right? And so she would actually kind of keep up with it. And it was fun. Nice. So were you covering the balls when the whole, um, oh, what's his name? The defensive coordinator, um, the Rutgers, former Rutgers head coach that they. Oh, um, you're talking about Greg Schiano. Yes, Greg Schiano. <laughs> I kept wanting to say <laughs> Jeff yes, Schwartz. Uh, so what was that like covering the whole Surreal. Greg Schiano thing? Surreal. It was it was the weirdest like three weeks of my whole journalism career. It, I mean, it I'm was, not even it was a Vols nuts. fan, and it was the I'm weirdest not, three weeks of my life. I couldn't get enough. Yeah, of it. it was insane. So you were going through this coaching search, right? And it was you know pretty chill. There wasn't a whole lot going on, and it um, wasn't anybody's like first choice for a no. job. It's super high pressure, and with not a lot of talent. Well, there. well I think and to be fair, he wasn't even his first choice. Exactly. I mean, he but was I like. But I think the that's tenth. what people needed to realize is that. T- 
Tennessee wasn't as attractive as they thought it was. Yeah. So there's Thank especially you. in college football, <laughs> and it's not it's not a knock on Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. people think like, oh my gosh, an SEC gig for football, we got to get it. But as far as like the longevity in that in that field, is it's not great. So you kind of have to weigh the options. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those deals where it was just normal coaching search. They went and they asked, you know, the um, Jeff Brown, the Purdue head coach, he said no, and then they went and asked Mike Gundy, and he said no, and we're like, why is everybody kind of rejecting? That's kind of weird. Um, and then it came out that they were going to hire Greg Schiano. And there were riots on campus for a football coach. Riots brought on by a member of the, I'm using air quotes, you can't see because it's a podcast, <laughs> media. Um, so one of those like fan media sites sure. sort of thing. Um, he like just started this on Twitter. He said, everybody, let's go to campus and let's riot. Let's bring your like pitchforks and, <laughs> and your <laughs> signs and everything. And and I kind of felt bad for Schiano after a while. I mean, that was he was just trying to get a job. He was just trying to, you know, better himself. Um, and they were tying him to all the Sandusky stuff. And just, I don't know how appropriate that all was because he wasn't convicted of anything. He wasn't accused of anything. That was all way in the past. Um, but ultimately, college football fans rioted on campus about a football hire. Yeah. But they weren't the ones that necessarily made it stop. The ones that made it stop were the donors and lawmakers in Tennessee calling the university and saying, I'm not giving you any more money if you hire this guy. I mean, th this was nuts. Like, all the way from the top, some of the wealthiest people in the state were calling and saying, I'm taking my money away. Because ultimately, that's what it's all about, is right. cold right. hard cash. So when that happened, he was out. And then they just kept going through the coaching search. And then we came upon Mike Leach, who would be my number one choice I <laughs> for oh my a God. hire. I, love I would that guy buy so a much. UT hat. They yeah. hired Mike Leach. I'm a huge. Oh Mike my Leach gosh, fan. that would have been the best. He's yes. the greatest interview of any coach he, I think I've oh ever seen. Oh my gosh, would have been so insightful. Um, <laughs> but essentially, what happened is Tennessee's athletic director flew across the country on a private plane that was owned by his former school's boosters, Kansas State, um, which is a no-no, uh, and yeah. didn't tell anybody from Tennessee that he was going there. And went and had lunch by the lake with Mike Leach, and they had a nice conversation. And I think that he was actually pretty interested. Um, but then he came back, and what was waiting for him was his boss telling him he had been fired because you're not supposed to just go rogue and fly across the country and find your own candidate that nobody else wanted, which, why did you not want Mike Leach first off? But that's beside the point. So I remember saying, like, one time, I was just absolutely exhausted that week. I remember saying on television, I was like, so it's been two weeks. We still don't have a head coach, and now we're down one athletic director, too. So at the end, like, I mean, we were, as media members, were just exhausted through this coaching search. They'd gone all over the country and so many no's, and we were like, what is happening? And now they didn't have an athletic director. But then it happened really quickly. It was like, all right, we should have hired Fulmer in the first place. Sure. Let's bring him back in charge. He went to New York to honor Peyton Manning and talked to like three defensive coordinators while he was there and then came back and ended up hiring Jeremy Pruitt. But uh, from just a pure nuts. chaos standpoint, mm -hmm. Butch Jones leading into the disastrous hiring process was the most entertaining thing, the most entertaining years as someone who's not even a UT fan. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's just boring as hell. Yeah. Like That's the unfortunate part. Yeah. But I think I think that I think it's good that it's boring because right. when Butch first came in, everybody was all excited about the brick by brick and all of his cheesy oh yeah. sayings, and they were like, yeah, let's do this thing. And then he ended up you know, stinking, and so then people didn't like him anymore and were annoyed with his catchy phrases. So Jeremy Pruitt comes in here, good old Southern boy, doesn't have any catchy phrases. I just want to win football games. Like he's just straight up football coach. We hated it in the media because we got absolutely nothing from him because he was just like watching paint dry. 
But ultimately, I think it was best for the city and for the state of Tennessee football. But it was just the, the, the one knock on Tennessee fans is, yeah, they're absolutely psycho. And I get that. But at least they care. It's true. <laughs> Could you see that happening with other fan no. bases? I mean, I just – when you know you've lost a fan base is when they start to become apathetic. No, and at least <laughs> they haven't got – they're psycho, and they've had to endure a lot of years of losing – but at least they're there. At least they're still interested. They still bring 60,000 to spring games, which are totally useless now because you can't touch any of the players ever because you don't want anybody getting hurt. Right. But because they're so jazzed about Tennessee football, so they deserve some winning. No, I feel bad for the guys. As an Ole Miss fan, I've got to be the most unentertaining college fan in this group Yeah. because Zach's a, Zach's a, a Bama fan. Most no. of the rest I – I, I grew up a Bama fan, so that's a little bit different than just saying – Oh, he's a Bama fan. He's a Bama fan. He's a lot of people associate it, I feel like now, bandwagon he's fans. A, he's so. a Bama yeah. football fan, a Kentucky basketball. I'm kidding. No, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to be so uninteresting to try to get under my skin because it's like, oh, Ole Miss is getting their ass kicked. I don't care. Yeah, they are. The second <laughs> they start losing, I just don't – I don't care. Yeah. And as soon as they start winning, I'm like, it's going to be a disaster at any point. So mm-hmm. I'm not – it that's does ex- kind of suck. That's exactly how I am with that. Alabama. When someone tells me they won, I'm just like, okay, whatever. But it's I'm, made, I'm not worried about it. It's kind of made college football more enjoyable yeah. to watch. Well, I mean, even Nick Saban has to like beg the fans to stay for the fourth quarter when they're beating down all their and opponents I, I by do, 50 points. I do love how pissed off he gets about that. Yeah. I, like, Because he's genuinely angry, and yeah. I really actually do Because like I think that. he knows that his fan base has gotten a little entitled sometimes because – of all the winning, and I think he's nervous that he's going to lose them when they really need him. Yeah. He can stop whenever he wants. <laughs> if yes. he wants to stop winning, he can do that. Hey, he's he not going to quit anytime soon. He just so had quit like asking. Hip surgery or something, right? He just had yeah. like a major surgery. Still going. Yeah, Still no. going. Why not? He's not. <laughs> he's going. He's going to coach until he can't walk anymore. Yeah. We probably should take a break. Sure. All right. We'll let people do ad reads. All right. Let's do it. All righty. We're back. The last segment I'm going to get into with you is a new segment that I'm starting today called Millennials Are Ruining Society. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a few questions, phrases, items, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to judge you for how much of a millennial you are. Oh God. You, are okay. you ready for this? Are you ready for the music? Have yes. You, oh, have you, have you Googled the, uh, the years for what a millennial is? Yes, and it's, it's disgusting. Okay. Yeah, and, I'll tell and, you and I really don't think I'm a millennial. If you're born in like no. the mid-80s, you're still a millennial. Yeah, I am 33. So I just want to stand up for my for my people. No, it's not. It's listen. I was born in 1982. Mm-hmm. By most websites, I qualify as a millennial, which is complete garbage. I feel like the age just, somewhere you between get me angry and Keith. At millennials, you don't yeah. want to be. Right. One, you don't want to realize Keith, that you're actually Keith one is of a millennial. Them. I'm peak millennial. Keith, you are. Keith is peak. You get I'm holidays off like nobody I've ever what? seen. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty cool. Arbor Day off. National Flag Day off. Oh, flag Day's that's, that's coming up true. next Friday. Yeah. yeah, Cheesecake Friday off. Yeah, yeah. We get summer. Do you have, do you have music for this? I do. I do have is, music. Is, is I I googled millennium uh, in our little royalty free. What is it? Lumineers chanting. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> if you're ready for it, let's hear it. Oh, because oh. oh. I am an idiot. The suspense. Uh, if you were a millennial, you'll get this right. The suspense of a properly produced podcast. Yeah, millennial would have already gotten this. <laughs> <laughs> we get a, pop a millennial would be faster. on Instagram tearing your ass up about this yeah. right now. <laughs> OMG. Okay, here we go. If you are ready, Let's go. now we will do it. Oh, this is this gross. is generic millennial this music. Is, 
Yeah, I feel like I need to buy some clothing and get a smoothie right now. This was in Rocket League. This has <laughs> to yeah, this some, sounds uh, like a Rocket toast? League. Yeah. This is awful. All right. First question. Have you ever used or uttered the word bay? B-A-E. Absolutely not. Oh, thank God. You're off to a great start. Does ironically saying it like just saying Ironically I'm fine. Okay. But you know that that, that that may be that. that may even be more millennial to say it ironically. Or is that hipster? Are those two different things? Those are two I'm different things. We're lumping hipster hey, and we're lumping. I went to Belmont. If you want to know what a hipster uh, is, yes. Let me know. I worked with a bunch of Belmont students. I was so tired of listening to people walking around and singing. No one cares if you're like They're probably singing to this music. Yes. Can we stop the music? No, I feel like I'm like yelling no, we're not stopping the music. It's, it's bothering me. It's millennial music. This is your music. This Question stop. number two. Have you ever taken pictures with or of avocado toast? No, but I eat that shit like every it's morning. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're not so taking good. pictures of it, that's fine. No, no. Question number three. Yeah. Have you ever owned a Salt Life sticker? Now that's is that millennial? That's early millennial. Why is this happening? Well, I don't have a no. repeat section, so, you know. <laughs> I just have to do I it myself. I live in Tennessee. I'm landlocked. I don't Thank you so much. She's doing so well on this. I game. didn't even know that was a millennial, though. I feel like the 13.1 on the back is a little bit more than the millennial. I'm lumping a millennial. Okay. Question number four. Have you ever used the phrase totes? Totes? No. no. I love the fact that she doesn't even really know what it is. Well, first I thought you said toast. Toast? <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Like, yeah, I've used the phrase toast. Avocado. I used it this morning. <laughs> Do you have live, laugh, love monogrammed on a pillow? <laughs> I was, okay. That's so I, de- I debated whether or not to ask you that because she's giving like, it's painted on my living room wall. I'm it's leaving. It's literally my phone case. <laughs> no. So, so, so my friend Andy. And I Andy, live by that motto. Uh, I don't have it. It's my, my bedroom. My friend Andy <laughs> just bought a house. And in, and it was a previously owned house. And on the cur- curtains in the kitchen are live, laugh, love all the way across the whole. And it's not just the, <laughs> the windows. It's on the doors in the kitchen. It's everywhere. Disgusting. Oh, no. <laughs> he Triple L, is y'all. so mad. Sell that Triple L with my bae. Yeah. Totes. <laughs> Emily, you were yes. 0 for 5. Yes. This is but, fantastic. But good. This is like golf, This is right? very good. Okay. This makes you a 55-year-old person. I really am. Do you see my bio? It says like old woman. Literally in my Twitter bio. You stalk my Twitter. It says old I woman. Did, I did stalk your Twitter. I am. It, it does say old woman. It is. Do you have a Wikipedia page? I don't think so. Have no. you gotten famous enough to have a Wikipedia page? No. My dad has one. Really? He's your pretty fa- famous. Your father has a Wikipedia page. He does. You know, the, this is uh, this is totally off topic, but yeah. this I, I feel really bad for anyone who's famous or a reporter, but especially female reporters, because if you type... Any semi-famous female reporter's name into Google, mm-hmm. the words that come up immediately after are just disturbing. Wife, a or husband, age, money made. It's like sandwich, kitchen, sa- yeah. <laughs> sandwich and kitchen. My God, just go in there too. Or have, no? have you ever been to EmilyProud.com? Is that a thing? It is not only a thing; it is a Japanese news pop culture site. News? Not even ju- news. 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 Sorry. You said news. <laughs> but I, I'm not oh. even joking. Oh, cool. Yeah. The only other Emily Proud I've ever found is some painter in San Francisco. She seems pretty So look cute. at this. It's all in Japanese. That's, see, I was so afraid that Chinese was going to bring up China. something disturbing. I got really nervous. No. But there, there is this picture of this nerd uh, 
on prom, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I can't read Chinese, Japanese. Well, the thing about having a name that is a word is that most of the time when you Google it, it's Emily was proud when she passed the bar or Emily was proud it's when it's she Emily did Blunt this. It's Emily Blunt with her hands on her hips. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, th- yeah, you probably that actually you have the better end of the uh, of the uh, straw there because. Like Don Davenport from mm-hmm. 3HL, mm-hmm. the if you Google Don Davenport, um, it it's a uh, cross-dressing dominatrix. So oh, that's yeah, she's got she's got that unfortunate. Yeah, oh, is it seriously, really? she even jokes about it on the air about please don't Google my name. But <laughs> no, I just I had to bring that up. <laughs> it's because not her though. Why yeah. is she embarrassed about no, it? No, it's not. But it's just it's got to be a shame because you know. But you would have to explain again, that's you HR if you're like you said the average viewer. Actually, that could work out in your favor because the average viewer is like Don Davenport. Oh my God. <laughs> This, <laughs> this ain't who's on the radio. <laughs> I, I don't want to keep you too long, but yeah. uh, two weeks into the job, you covered the death of Pat Summit. I did. So, my bio well, I am. Okay. I, I, w- I kept Googling. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, c- tell, can you tell us about that? Yeah. If you get choked up, if no, you start, listen, if you start crying, I'll start <laughs> okay. crying. And okay. so I'd no, like I'm, not to I'm cry. I'm not going to start crying. Okay. No, because um, it was incredibly uplifting. I mean, I just, my job that day was to be a photog. So I sat behind the camera and we had just like this rotating cast of people who she had touched and who she had impacted her entire life. And I listened, I think it was eight hours straight of a press conference of people that willingly flew to Knoxville to come chat. So former players, wow. coaches, um, really just anybody came in and, and talked. So, and nobody was sad. Um, I think because she had kind of been gone for a while and she'd already stepped away from the program and everybody kind of braced themselves for this, um, it was, I know it's always cheesy when you call a funeral a celebration of life, but like it totally was. It was, it was amazing. And hearing all the stories, because I grew up idolizing her. I mean, I'm born and raised in Knoxville. I went to school with her son, Tyler. Um, He was a few, few grades above me, but she came in and spoke to our classes all the time. Um, and obviously she's a big reason that I'm able to do what I'm doing is because she was one of the pioneers in women in sports, not just right. playing, but talking about it and just being respected in the sports field. So I'm not at all emotional about it. I think she's uh, awesome. She's awesome. I mean, that, that was the coolest thing was just to hear all the stories. And I thought that she was awesome. And then I sat through that day and that was incredible. That that's is really cool. No, that's that's cool to hear because she's the goat. That's transcendent. Again, I'm not a UT fan, but mm-hmm. I was a UT women's basketball fan because oh she yeah. was so dominant. Well, when I first started um, a couple years ago, there before the before like Rick Barnes was Rick Barnes, and before they were going to Sweet Sixteens, um, it was kind of the in between Bruce Pearl and Barnes, and more people went to Lady Vols games than they did for the men's team. Oh, sure. I Absolutely. mean, it was it's it's highly attended. Everybody loves the Lady Vols. And that's so, like, you know, you, you talk about the brand of Lady Vols, whatever, but just plain and simple comparing women's basketball to men's basketball, you do not get that anywhere where people would more like to listen to what you have to say about the Lady Vols than they do the men's team. So you kind of have to take a step back and realize just how cool that is. But that's because Pat Summit and... Was she the type of person to just absolutely rip all the attention out of the room to herself when she would speak? She seems that way. Not intentionally, but she's just somebody that you listen to. Sure. Um, I had my seventh grade, or I think I was seven years old. I had my my birthday party at (laughs) the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, But we have that in Knoxville because of Pat Summit. And it was was the most fun day of my life. I mean, she's the reason that we have that in Knoxville, and she's the reason that people that are some of the biggest names in the sport come to Knoxville every year to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but that's just the kind of person that she was, and that's just the kind of attention that she garnered. And 
that was just the coolest part about listening to those stories is you got to hear more of her off the court. I always hate when people say on the court and off the court, but I just did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but her as a person and a friend and a mom, um, that's always what was so interesting because you kind of just knew Pat for like the stare and who right. she was as a coach. Right. Um, but to hear that it was the exact same way in her personal life, that she was that intense um, and, and that passionate, that was pretty cool. Emily? Yeah. You were um, very nice to come in and to listen to our mess, Thank especially you. with that millennial music. That was. Um, I thought it was very there good. Was, was that uplifting. it for the questions? Did I ace this thing? Yeah, you, you aced did, it. You did great. Yes. You got through it. You didn't <laughs> curse us out. You didn't flip over a microphone and storm out. So you answered all Does our whip last qu- questions no, without. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. But I'm telling you, we're, I'm waiting for it. I, I think we're going to piss somebody off. I think Travis Haney has the most listens on one episode. On and is on his second episode. I think he beat Buck last time. Wow. Which Buck? So I I think though that. First off, this interview was amazing. Yeah, it's great. Mainly because of Whiplash the monkey. <laughs> no, nothing <laughs> to do with me. Nothing to do with you. We, <laughs> just, we brought you in for the Whiplash me. stories. But I, I'm i going to put a bet out there. I think that this is going to be our highest uh, rated show. I, like I hope so. Sorry, Travis. Now I have expectations. No, that's okay. Come but, on. But yeah, thank you so much for coming in <laughs> and uh, talking about everything. Please uh, let us know about Sunday again and what we should tune into. Sports Extra. News 2, 10.35, it's after the late news. So sometimes we have NBA that pushes everything back. Stay up, stay tuned. We have fun. Well, it's after Game of Thrones season finale, so that will work out. And if people want to follow you on Twitter and ask about gluing monkeys to dogs. (laughs) Please don't, but (laughs) at (laughs) Emily underscore proud. Emily is spelled how it should be, (laughs) E-M-I-Y. Proud is spelled like proud to be an American. (laughs) Shots fired. Now I wish I had proud to be an American ready on the get-go. Well, that's another millennial thing is just totally screwing up normal names. Mm. I saw somebody E-M-A-H-L-E-I-G-H. No. Like, are you kidding me? No. It is one of the most basic names (laughs) in the world. the worst. Yeah. That's an awful name. Yeah. I'm outraged. Yeah. You should be outraged. I'm outraged. I'm outraged that I didn't include that in the questions about okay. are you still friends with people that named their children Haddon, Cadden, and Fadden, and things like that? Because that's yeah, awful. That's a millennial thing. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very much. Well, now do you want me to play the millennial like music? <laughs> right? I don't know. That's the only name how, I know. How do you think some six year old felt that their namesake mm. just burned a city to the ground last week? Did I just ruin that for you? Because no. you don't watch the show. No, but my husband did say that he wants to name our first son Hodor. Is, is <laughs> that something? Yes, it's very okay. much yes. a thing. And <laughs> okay. I don't know that you want that. I'm no. not signing on. No, no, that that. Okay. Your child will be endlessly mocked. Yeah. I'm but a big fan of how that. Much I think that would be hilarious. You know I, Podrick show. is actually nothing. a better name you, you than Hodor. You know nothing about yeah. the show. That's, that's all right, about all you, I know. This it's is like a lot of dragons and inappropriate. I did. So I actually went on. So for my sister's college graduation, we went to Croatia. In Dubrovnik, and that's where they shoot oh, yeah. a lot of Game of Thrones. And so I saw a lot of the signs around there that were like "Tour the Throne," and you know, I didn't, I didn't really appreciate it at the time because it was six years ago, yeah. five yeah. years ago. So it was like pretty new, pretty fresh yeah. Game of Thrones. I feel like it's gotten a lot bigger since then. But you, so you were there before it was cool. But it, that's I still very millennial. Was <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wasn't. Dubrovnik, Croatia is where they shoot a lot of that. That's cool. Fun so. Fact. Last question. Yeah. We're going to let you get out of here. Kay. You don't watch Game of Thrones at all, so who's mm-hmm. going to sit on the Iron Throne? Just give us a name. Any name. It could be Dumbledore. <laughs> Hermione. Not. <laughs> Whiplash. 
Um, well, what was the, the iron uh, dog. Cersei? That's another one. Right? There we go. We'll go with Cersei. Cool. I like your prediction. Okay. Because that's a very dark horse one. I mean, I'm on, weird. I'm on Twitter a lot. So what I know about Game of Thrones is what I see people complain about every Sunday night when I'm gearing up for Sports Extra <laughs> on News 2 at 1035. So Dang. you get your Game of Thrones and gluing monkey news from yep. Twitter. Twitter has it all. It's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> You've been a good sport. Thank you very much for coming Thank you. In. Will you play the mil- millennial music for us? Oh, do you want the millennial, I want the millennial music, music to play? We'll, we'll go out. I don't. Uh-huh. I do. I like this better. This is weird. I feel like I'm at Coachella, but not really. I've been lied to about Coachella. It's like the fire festival, right? Fire. Guys, this is football under the rope words. You can find us at... What is it? F-Words Pod. At F-Words Pod. I never get that right. I've been your host, Mr. Lebowski. Thank you for tuning in. You've just been F.